it ends up being that person that really wants and is enthusiastic about being part of the culture of Sand Creek High School and really furthering that culture. And yeah. so that's really what our teams were looking for as we developed the profile for who's the next right principal for Sand Creek High School. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, we're continuing a new interview series featuring leaders who will present at our upcoming annual leadership conference, What's Right in Education. Last week, I spoke with Angela Bush, a middle school principal. You can get to know more of our speakers, view the agenda, and register at studereducation.com events. We hope to virtually see you there. This week, I've invited another bold leader who will be joining us at the conference, Sand Creek Zone Superintendent Sean Dorsey, who will be presenting about stepping outside of the safety zone and hiring boldly. What a great topic, especially in this day and time. Sean is an innovation leader and assistant superintendent in Falcon School District 49, located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Falcon School District 49 is a unique school district in which it, it is led by three chief officers rather than a single superintendent. As the global workforce changes, education must change to prepare learners for excellence in and out of the classroom. As the leader of Sand Creek Zone, Sean strives to help his organization provide experiences to prepare learners for any post-secondary destination they desire. Most recently, he led the development of a new zone plan with a focus on growth and innovation to attract students, identification of zone identity elements, and the developments of standards of excellence for that zone. Sean is a firm believer in stakeholder involvement and says, when the community is involved and parents are involved, students succeed. Sean began his education career over 21 years ago as a special education teacher and has served as an assistant principal. Sean moved to Colorado Springs within District 49 in 2010. He holds a master's of arts degree in special education from the University of Northern Colorado. And when his schedule allows and weather permits, he can be found on the golf course with his wife and twins. I'm so excited to have Sean on our show today. So thank you, Sean, for being here. So it's with great pleasure today that I welcome Sean to our show. I've had a, the pleasure of connecting with Sean over the years. Sean's presented at our conferences and just learned a lot about the district and the great work that he's doing. So Sean, welcome to our show today. Well, Janet, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's an honor. I hope I'm podcast worthy, but I'm looking forward to the conversation. Sounds good. So if you would, Sean, start by letting our listeners know a little bit about Sand Creek Zone School, District 49, and, and your community. Sure. District 49 is a fast-growing school district in Northeast Colorado Springs. 
And it's unique. And I know everybody says their district is unique, but really District 49 is incredibly unique. About January 2012, our current board at the time decided, for lack of better terminology, to blow up the district. And by that, I mean, basically, the district became four different zones, three that are very geographical in nature, and one that houses our charter schools, our alternative schools, et cetera. And so I have the pleasure of leading the Sand Creek zone and have done so for 11 years. And our our feeder pattern basically is three elementaries uh, feeding into a middle school and then into a high school, Sand Creek High School. And we are growing as well in our zone. We will have a new middle school online in two years. And so really excited about the growth that we're having, but we are an incredibly fast growing district, putting up buildings constantly. And really the zones, uh, we'll talk more about this. The, The unique part of the zones is that we have a lot of autonomy. And we leverage the Colorado Innovation Schools Act of 2008 to really enjoy a lot of freedoms that charter schools would normally enjoy, waivers from state statutes, and provides us a lot of autonomy and decision-making. Yeah. So are you growing, Sean, because your region, I mean, your area is growing? I mean, more people moving in. Is that industry coming there? Is that the, the reason for the most part? Yes, um, we have a lot of move in with regard to Amazon has has built a warehouse here, one of their big distribution centers. Uh, We also have a lot of military moving in. We have multiple bases and, and also a lot of those students come to our district and our zone, frankly, based off our reputation, even when their homeschool might be a a different district and lots of rooftops going up. We can grow to the east and to the north, whereas a lot of districts are landlocked. So we, we enjoy that advantage of a lot of new rooftops going up. Yeah, gotcha. So, and such a beautiful area, Sean, you know, just gorgeous out there. America's mountain, right? Pikes Peak, the best recruiting tool. Yeah, just wonderful. You know, so I want to talk a talk a little bit today about your hiring approach and you know your boldness in that. And boy, what a great topic right now as we look at you know people making different professional decisions and making sure we hire right. So I know you've been bold about your hiring practices. So you know, why do you think that's necessary to do like right now, and and what does that look like for you? Janet, I think for a long time, we were spoiled in the education uh, sector where we would post a position, whether it be a principal, assistant principal, teacher, even support staff, and we would have tons of applicants to choose from and qualified applicants. And frankly, and much like other sectors, that has changed in the last year and a half. We have seen hiring pools dip precipitously, whereas we used to have, let's say, 75 people apply for an elementary principal position, you're now lucky if you get 10 to 12. So it's changed dramatically. And and so as a result, we've had to change our hiring practices and specifically how we go out and find folks. And so as an example, we've had a very effective principal at Sand Creek High School. And unfortunately, we lost her. Uh, she went to be a superintendent. She didn't run for me, but she uh, went to, to be a superintendent in a small rural district, actually, in, in western Colorado. And so that was kind of later in the spring, uh, this past spring. And so we were caught in a position where, one, it was starting to get late in the hiring season. And two, we, we knew the pool was going to be thin. And so what we did was we tried to really create a very, and it's one of our standards of excellence, a, an inclusive hiring process. And we did multiple uh, multiple focus groups with community, with students 
students, with staff, and really defining and developing a profile of what, what do we want this person to be, the next principal at Sand Creek High School. Because honestly, Janet, you can't miss. You cannot miss yeah. on high school. Principal. No, you can't. No, uh, it's, it's, it's your backbone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're the mayor of a small village, right? Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> that's right. Um, that's the way I look at it anyway. Yeah. And so we developed focus groups, like I said, developed a really very comprehensive profile, developed questions around that. But really what we did was we went to a more performance-based approach in our hiring. Once we generated a pool of candidates, what we ended up doing was sending them basically public source data with regard to Sand Creek High School. And They had to develop a 40-minute presentation that they provided to a mix of community members, staff, students. We actually ended up having about 50 to 55 people in the room where they presented. They were provided questions, kind of a Q&A by those in attendance, and also went through a variety of committees. One that was exclusively students student leadership, but it was also other representatives across our student body. So a nice, diverse population. We involved a lot of different stakeholders, again, whether that be parents, leaders in the zones, students, community members, again, in a variety of committees. And I think I should back up by saying that initially that pool was thin as well. Like I said, you can't sit back on your heels anymore and wait for folks to apply. And so I actually had to go out and I had to call folks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I had find folks that were qualified, people that I knew were hoping to have an opportunity to be a principal. And I will tell you, and and if you need more detail, um, that's fine. But Jan, I have to be honest, and I know I'm on a podcast, but there were multiple principal openings, high school principal openings in Colorado Springs, which is a fairly large city. It's about 500,000 people. And the process inclusive involving internal and external stakeholders We realized, in my opinion, the best hire, best high school principal hire by far in the city. And uh, I am super excited how she's hit the ground running. And the hiring process was the springboard for that. We got the right person by being bold in it. That's great. I mean, I love that process. And uh, I can hear the excitement in your voice, Sean, with that hire. And there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing more important. You know, there's so just that investment of time. And you know what? You're going to have the people who were part of that process are going to want the success of that person as well, right? So they're all going to be in that together, which is really nice. Well, absolutely. And and the other thing we were able to do, because we had to get this person off to a great start, Amy deserved that great start. And we also ended up hiring two other assistant principals because we had an assistant principal that went on to be a principal in a different district. And so as part of the onboarding process, what we did was we contracted with Amy and the new assistant principals, Amy being the principal, um, to really come in and start work in May. And so Mm -hmm. we did not want to leave her until July to really on board and get to know and develop relationships with staff and students and parents. And so we started that process in early May and that has allowed that team to be off and running and yeah. be ahead of the curve in really getting to the important work of instruction and culture building and engaging the community in a purposeful way. How great. I mean, that's a true succession plan, transitioning people, you know, knowing that somebody's leaving and taking advantage of that opportunity with that transition and Sean, as you all were looking at the at the hire and your peop, the individuals were looking, putting the pieces and parts together, you know, what were they looking for in that new hire? What were the characteristics that were most important to them? You know, and, and I don't think this will come as any surprise, Janet. I would say that the characteristic that 
parents, staff, and students were looking for was really someone that would become invested in the Sand Creek community, mm-hmm. someone that would become ingrained and integrated into the culture of Sand Creek High School and Sand Creek Zone. I think it was really about cultural fit. And that's really what I was looking for as well. Um, Certainly you look for coachability and professionalism and ability to collaborate um, purposefully, but it ends up being that person that really wants and is enthusiastic about being part of the culture of Sand Creek High School and really furthering that culture. And so- That's really what our teams were looking for as we developed the profile for who's the next right principal for Sand Creek High School. Yeah, so good. I mean, and that that high school principal is truly, a, you know, the a true leader of the community because the high school is so significant to a to a community. Um, sure. So as you as we um, just kind of round out this conversation, I know you have a bigger district innovation initiative and hiring boldly aligns to that. What does that mean for you, Sean? I think hiring boldly and how it really aligns with the district's overall innovation strategy and initiative, it really goes back to autonomy. And we we really at the zone level and school level are, are allowed to design our interview and hiring processes. And again, that fits in the spirit of autonomy that District 49 really has pursued. And just that that's our being, that's what we are as an organization. And so we have a lot of autonomy around decision-making, adopting instructional resources and materials, program adoption. In traditional districts, I mean, that typically can be a very top-down process and everything needs to be board of education approved and that's not that's just not how we work and really the hiring practices that we implemented this spring and specifically with regard to the high school example that I provided really align with the district's innovation practices and autonomous structures yeah that's great just what an opportunity that you have in your district and the great leadership that you provide so I want to flip the questions just a little bit back more to you and you know sure. you being a superintendent and leader I've been asking this question to most everybody I connect with, Sean, and it's, I mean, we've been through challenges, right? And, and I mean, superintendents always are facing challenge, challenges, but, you know, real considerable challenges this past year. But um, what experiences have challenged you the most as a superintendent and, you know, what have you taken away from that? Yeah. So uh, March 2020, things became very different, right? We had to change our practices on a dime. Teachers had to change how they delivered instruction and the medium with which they delivered instruction. And I think we've all experienced challenges as as the pandemic came on. And I thought about this question a little bit in thinking about it. I'll, I'll share with you that through March 2020 until now, I think really the biggest challenge has been authentically engaging staff and parents and students. And the The awesome part about our partnership, and we're on year five of our partnership with Studer Education, is that really for us, it's becoming regrounded in those tactics and and strategies and simple. It's rounding. It's 30, 90 days. It's reward and recognition. And when we go back to those strategies as, as an organization, and even myself as an individual, 
that's allowed me to really re-engage employees and staff members authentically. And, you know, the other thing that I discovered, and I knew this before, but it's really hit home, reward and recognition of employees is good for me. It's good for my soul. I love writing those cards. I feel better immediately when I do that and sit down. It's usually on a Wednesday morning. It's kind of a weird schedule, right? But that's kind of how it shakes out. And I know people on the other end feel good about those cards and those little recognitions. I think we take that for granted that that it helps leaders' souls as well. Yes. And so those are just some of the challenges and experiences I've had over the last year and a half. And it's really affirmed our relationship and partnership with Studer and the tactics and strategies they work. Yeah. You know, I've heard my, I've, I've continued to repeat the word fundamentals, Sean, you know, it's just yes. getting, I mean, doing the fundamentals, getting to the fundamentals, doing the fundamentals. Um, I mean, for our team, we've done the, had to say the same thing. How do we continue to manage this? It's really those fundamentals are more significant than ever. Hearing what you did, how you answer that question and then thinking back to hiring. I just read an article that came out with Harvard Business Review that was like, it's time to like do onboarding with everybody as we go into this year, like onboarding it just for new people. It's for everybody. And I think that, you know, that's what I took away from what you're saying. We're really onboarding everybody again. Does that make sense to you? I know it may, it makes total sense. And I agree. And, and I think you can look at that one of two ways. I think you can look at that as a burden, but I think it's an awesome opportunity instead Mm -hmm. because you do, you get to reconnect with all staff, all team members, and it's kind of a reset in some ways. And whoever would have thought that COVID would have brought that about, but there have been silver linings. And I think that's one of them, that ability to reconnect with staff, really re-onboard them and bring them into the culture of the organization. Yeah. And leaders like you, you know, are highly committed to doing that. So just appreciate, I know your staff appreciate you doing that in your community as well. So as we close today, um, can you share with our listeners one characteristic of bold leaders? That's the theme of our What's Right in Education conference this year. So a characteristic of bold leaders like what you do in Sand Creek, Sean, District 49, and why that characteristic is important for leaders today. Janet, I'll go back to, we, we've been engaged with Studer for five years. Our instructional strategy really has been, we, we've been engaged with visible learning, John Hattie's work for mm-hmm. five or six years. And what I would say is we don't chase initiatives. And I know that you've had podcasts with regard to not chasing silver bullets before. And really what it boils down to me, and, and I'm going to quote or give Mike Schmoker, um, who's a, you know one of the leading educational mm-hmm. leadership people out there. He talks about three words. And really it's simplicity, clarity, and priority. And those are words that honestly, we try to live by in the Sand Creek zone. Certainly our leadership teams try to keep it simple, try to be clear about it's about kids, kids first. It's about instruction. And really those are our priorities. It's about kids and delivering the best instruction every day. So it's a great place to learn for them. And really it ends up being a great place for teachers and staff to work and for leaders to lead. Yeah, so great, Sean. What we always try to connect back to is we hear us say making the complex simple, right? Because we can complement, many of us can complicate things, but what you're so, you know, what you're, I think what you do in your leadership so well, and as I've heard you at conferences and just conversations is you're truly committed to not overcomplicating, to really getting to the fundamentals, simplifying it in a way that people understand it and building that environment where people can be successful. And you do that so well. 
Well, I appreciate that. And I would leave the the last thing I would say around bold leadership, and it may sound simple and pedestrian, is it's the campground rule. You always leave the organization better than you found it. And that's my commitment every day. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. Appreciate you and look forward to having you with us at What's Right in Education this year. I'm excited. That'll be fun. It will be. All right. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. I so appreciate Sean joining our show today to talk about the excellent work going on in his school district. And, you know, I've had a chance to hear Sean present at some of our conferences in the past and the work that he's done and the focus on service and connection to his students and families and building community uh, is just simply outstanding. I always enjoy hearing him and he'll be at our conference What's Right in Education Conference. So I hope that you're able to join us and maybe join Sean at one of our sessions. So to learn more about our upcoming virtual events like our leader roundtables and our What's Right in Education Conference, please visit studereducation.com slash events. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it, connect with us, let us know how we're doing. And if you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.